Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly podcast in which we talk about the secrets behind turning your daydreams into phenomenal successes. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Anella Wetter. Anella is a speaker, a coach, a yoga teacher, and an author of the new book, Hear Me Universe, How I Deliberately Attracted the Man of My Dreams. Anella, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ellen. I'm so honored to be here. And likewise, I'm really excited to speak with you. Now, Anella, your book is about finding true love in a very particular way, and it's a method that you teach readers in the book. You discovered this after you left a long marriage when you suddenly found yourself 40-something and single. Let's talk about that whole experience. What was that like for you? Wow, 40-something and single was a world that I was... um, both ill-prepared for and completely unfamiliar with. Um, I will back up and start by sharing that I had actually married my high school sweetheart when I was 19. So not only was I ill-prepared for the, you know, post-divorce 40s, but I in some ways hadn't experienced uh, maybe the uh, wide array of of dating opportunities when I was younger. And so here I was in my 40s and for the first time in this arena that felt so uncomfortable and unfamiliar to me, in part because I had spent um, the previous 22 years, that was the duration of my marriage, creating a family. And I knew how to do that. Uh, And this was, this part of my life was so foreign to me. Yet in that um, discomfort uh, in yoga, I'll often say to my class, yoga is about getting comfortable with the discomfort. So in my discomfort, I um, had a choice point, right? I could choose to continue to remain in that um, arena that felt foreign, or I could shift. And that was a really key realization for me at that very, very pivotal time in my life. So when you say that arena that felt foreign, are you speaking about your um, newly new singleness or about the marriage, which maybe was had changed over the years? Yeah, I think I'm speaking at the core about me, right? Like I had arrived at this point in my life where I had made significant changes, initiating the end of a 22-year marriage, significant um, um, change in the trajectory that I had set into motion, you know, back when I was 19. And and in many ways, my um, my marriage was exactly what I had dreamed of um, in the early part of my life. And so when I made that initial huge shift and arrived in this point in my life where um, the discomfort was so present, what felt important to me was to understand the source of that discomfort. 
And I didn't arrive at that immediately after my divorce. I arrived at that point a few years into it, about three years into it, when I was having um, experiences in dating that felt unsatisfactory, um, unfulfilling, that felt like um, they felt a lot like my marriage. And so it was an opportunity, Ellen, for me to say, hmm, well, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because I am the only common denominator. So that was the beginning of, you know, what I really think of for me now is this new phase of my life. I'm 52 this year. So it's been almost a decade ago, a little bit over a decade ago, but it was the beginning of my ushering in this deeply profound introspective part of my life. And the guiding question that helped me to shift from the discomfort was, what is it that I can shift within me to create the experience that I want? And so from that place, I began that journey inward. Oh, interesting. So you, you started to have more self-awareness and more um, real, realization maybe about what you were looking for in your, fulfill, in your own fulfillment, but also in that partner. Yeah, really in everything. And so the other sort of changing dynamics in my life at that time, um, our daughter had just begun college. So, um, you know, that represents a tremendous change for a family and my daughter and I, uh, she's a mini me. <laughs> so we, um, have, you know, a really deep, um, relationship and a closeness. And so, you know, ushering her out into the world and this new phase of her life about which she was very excited, um, was also a letting go of that, old relationship that I had with her and shifting our relationship to this one that was long distance and that, you know, I was still her mother, but there was an element of a, a peer a shift that happened. And then uh, our son was entering high school, which, you know, certainly marks a, a important change in any child's life. So those uh, those shifts for the children also created opportunities for me to be able to step into this newness. So I didn't really feel I was doing it wholly on my own, yet my you know my day-to-day -day life looked very different with only one child at home and a child who you know was um, a high school athlete and so therefore he was away a lot and so the I think there was an opening of space right an opening of time and an opening of space that allowed me to be in this deep introspection and then the final element that I would point to Ellen is that I had um, I had been a runner um, for years. And I just something was nudging me that while running was uh, an important part of my life, it was important to my physical and emotional health. Yeah, running is also um, uh, really challenging to the physical body, a lot of pounding right on the joints, especially my knees and my feet and my ankles. And so I started augmenting my running with yoga. And that practice at its very core, right? Yoga means union. So it was inviting me to step more into me. 
Mm, now that makes perfect sense. And I really think that your experience, at least as part of it, is not so unusual at this age. You know, a lot of people are experiencing these types of changes. And I think there's a natural tendency to start asking these questions of what do I want? You know, we as women are giving so much for years, for for a lot of times for the duration of our kids growing up. And then suddenly it's like, what do I want? Who am I? What fulfills me? So mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, every story is unique, but I don't think it's that unusual that this happens uh, when the kids start to grow up. So I, the, 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 um, the part of, of that truth that I like very much is I think a lot of listeners will get a lot out of this conversation. I think it is universal, right? I, I, I agree with you pinpointing that as, um, a universal opportunity when, um, for those of us who followed, you know, maybe some, um, fairly traditional, um, roles, I might describe it. I, while I always, um, have had a career, I also, my, my first career was as a teacher. And so there was an element, there is an element about being a teacher that allows, um, a little more balance in life whenever for me, when I was raising my children. So I had, you know, a couple of months in the summer that offered an opportunity to truly be present with them. Uh, for years, my children, you know, arrived at my classroom doorstep at the end of their school day to do their homework in my classroom as I was completing the day. And that was such a blessing and a gift that still felt quite traditional for me. It was still, you know, me primarily taking the lead on um, uh, the parenting, on ushering my children into their own experiences. Sure, sure. And it's a lot of giving. It's a lot of giving of yourself to your classroom. Yeah. So it makes sense, you know, that you're able to step into your power and make a stand for what you want and what you you know, we're all about at this, at this point. So tell us, so you, you got out of the marriage, you were dating for a couple of years and, um, it was kind of uncomfortable. And then at a certain point you had an epiphany and you wrote this list. So what was that all about? So, um, the epiphany was actually sparked by, uh, an inspiration. I read an article, right? One of those random picking up of a magazine, Uh read an article about a woman whose life sounded a lot like mine. She had a successful career and a lot of satisfaction in her career. And that was true for me. I had, um, years before this point left the classroom and was working for a leading education company working still with school districts. And um, I also felt quite successful in my role as a parent. As I already commented, my children were in very good places in their lives and I'm close with both of them. And um, and so I recognized myself in this woman's story. And what she did was gained clarity on the area of relationship. As she wrote in the article, her life was good and really she didn't need a relationship, but she really longed for partnership and it resonated with me. And so I took that as a sign and got out a piece of paper and I wrote 
a list of 100 characteristics that I wanted to experience in a relationship and the relationship that felt like what my heart really wanted. And in writing 100 descriptions, and yeah, that's a big number. I hear that most frequently when I'm working with clients through this process. Oftentimes clients will say, I can't even think of five, let alone a hundred. And part of that big number is with every new item on my list, I continue to ask that question, what do I want? And how would that feel? And what would that look like? And so I wrote this list of 100 characteristics practically in one setting. I um, uh, wrote about the first 70 or 80 uh, characteristics in 40 minutes or something like that. And then finished the last 20 or so over the next couple of days. And when I was I had completed the list and sort of putting it away, it came to me to name the list, Hear Me Universe. Now, Ellen, at that time in my life, uh, you know, referring to the universe was not part of my daily language like it is now. And I feel like it was such a gift and such a, um, uh, an inspired gift to connect me with this um, deep knowing that I am divinely inspired and connected to all that is. And in writing those words, hear me universe, it felt like a declaration, right? I was sending this information out. Here's my heart's desire. Hear me universe. And with that, I folded the list and I put it in a drawer and I went about my life trusting there was an element of mm, contentment and ease that I just hadn't felt in those previous years after my divorce. And the other energy that was present for me in this declaration was, and universe, I am wholly content to be in relationship with myself rather than settle for less than what I've just represented on this list. And it was tremendous clarity, a tremendous knowing that I had that this too would become a part of my experience. Mm, that's wonderful. So at that point, you really were detached from the results? You didn't have any expectations? I really didn't because in large part, I had no idea if a person like that existed. I mean, I had painted this picture, right, that was quite diverse. And I'd never met someone who had that range of characteristics so I just wasn't really sure, like, what would happen. But it wasn't a, um, how do I describe that? It wasn't a, oh, this will never happen because there's nobody. It wasn't that energy. It was more of a curiosity. Uh-huh. Yeah. What were some of the characteristics that seemed a little contradictory that were on your list? Oh, wow. So um, everything from um, makes coffee for me. So some items really specific to much more broad, um, possesses a spirit of adventure, 
um, is broad-minded shows up fully for life, right? So there was such a range with great specificity and then great openness so that um, I felt that my list was um, both very broad and also very exact at the same time. So attaching to it just really didn't make sense because, because of the nature of it. Mm. Yep, I understand. So, so you've got this shopping list and you put it in your drawer. And, um, and what actually happened is you met this guy. I met this guy. So about a year and a few months after I wrote the list and folded it up and put it in my drawer. And really in that time... I looked at the list, you know, maybe a dozen times. A dozen might be a little bit too uh, too high of a number. So I looked at it a few times. When I did, it always felt great to read it. There was like a reacquainting with, oh, yeah, I put that on. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Every once in a while, there was a little hint of embarrassment in that, you know, oh, like uh, the second item on my list is passionate lover. Mm. And... You know, I remember when I wrote that, I thought, well, you know, that's not, it's not critical. And I caught myself in that thought process and remembered, reminded myself that this is a list of what I really desired. So I would check back in with the list every once in a while, but um, really had to become re-familiarized with it every single time because the gap of time in between those um, peerings was, you know, somewhat significant. And so I was sitting um, with a group of girlfriends over a year later, and you know, I've been out of relationship for quite a while, and we were just having a conversation around that. And one of them said, have you thought about online dating? And I, my response was, well, not really. I wasn't opposed to it. I, I hadn't thought about it, right? I was very neutral on it. And uh, she actually, my girlfriend who said this, had had some very positive experiences in online dating. And my reaction was, huh, yeah, I think I might try it. I consider that conversation, of course, to be another wink from the universe. Hey, this might be a path, right? Had you told any of those girlfriends about the list? Have, had you shared that with anybody? Yes. And this Mm-hmm. And that specific girlfriend had seen my list. I had shared it with her. Um, that's a really interesting question. And I hadn't really made that connection in my own story. So thank you for that, Ellen, because Christy, my girlfriend, had seen my list. And she is the one who said, well, you might want to try it. And so I did. And here's to me what was key for me. I used my list as my roadmap, as my guide. So I created a profile, and in creating a profile on the online dating tool I used, um, and I think probably all of them are like this, right? There are menus, and those menus allow you to check little boxes about the characteristics you're looking for. Well, I had my template right there beside me. So in every category, I referred to my list. So level of education, you know, religion, religious or spiritual, all of those categories, I trusted what I had 
declared to the universe to guide me. And less than five weeks later, I noticed uh, the profile of a guy. Um, and just to also interject, um, I didn't have that many matches sent to me. And uh, when I'm working with clients on this process, um, there's a tendency to feel disappointment in that. Well, I only have one or two, you know, recommended matches. And my response is always, that's great. You're just looking for one. So allow this powerful online tool to do the work for you, narrow for you based upon your criteria. And I feel like that's exactly what happened to me. So I noticed the profile of this guy and um, this was on match.com and there's um, um, an opportunity to create what they referred to at that time was a headline. And his headline was, I still want it all. Mm. I loved the headline. And as I reviewed his profile, um, I could just tell he possessed characteristics that were on my list. So I actually invited him out for coffee. Ah, That is how inspired I was by what I saw in his profile. Uh, We met for coffee. Uh, Within a month, I offered him a copy of my list. And um, I actually folded it, put it in an envelope, handed it to him, explained what it was and said, please don't read it in my presence. (laughs) Uh, He was getting ready to hop on an airplane to take a, a lengthy flight. I said, read it while you're on the plane. In our next conversation, He said, oh, by the way, that list you gave me, it's really interesting. And I think I scored a 98. Ooh. We laughed. And the truth is, he's so much more than I could have ever articulated on a list. And he is my match. And uh, we married the following year. And this year, we're celebrating our seventh wedding anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And I remain ever so grateful that um, I was true to what my heart desired because uh, the deepening in of our connection is ongoing and ever present. And the layers that we both discover about ourselves and each other just has created this richness that uh, at times I have to remind myself that that I created this and I'm deserving of this experience. Mm, that's very interesting. Do, do you believe, Anella, that everybody has a soulmate? I would not use the article A because to me that signals one. I believe that, um, I believe that we humans in this time and space, um, are fulfilling agreements that we made when we were non-physical. And those agreements include um, family, so our birth, our family of birth origin, our friends, and our partners, our lovers, our husbands, our wives. Um, I believe that therefore, for me in my life, I absolutely believe that my husband of 22 years, my ex-husband, fulfilled 
his contract and I fulfilled mine to him. And when I look back over the landscape of 22 long years, the gifts are innumerable. And I'm so grateful for that experience and the unraveling while it was difficult and uncomfortable, it also produced many, many, many gifts. And I believe that Craig, my husband, um, is the perfect soul mate for me right now in my life as I'm moving through the ever expanding part of my life. So I believe that he, yes, is my soulmate. I believe that we together are fulfilling something very important. And maybe I I will say it this way for our listeners, Ellen. Um, I believe that relationships serve to be our best teachers. They hold for us the very closest mirror to ourselves, And it's in relationship that we can, if we choose, deepen into our own understanding of ourself and deepen into our abiding love for ourself. Because once we do that, then our ability to deepen into our love for our partner, my husband, is so much more profound. Mm, That's beautifully put. Thank you. So with that said, and given that as humans, we're continually changing and evolving, is it, is marriage as an institution realistic as a, you know, single marriage in a lifetime? Is that a realistic expectation with, you know, is, is it realistic to think that people that got married when they were 20 could evolve in the same way or would naturally evolve in the same way? I love the question. And I have been in the inquiry of that actually for a number of years. Certainly when I married at 19, I went into that marriage with a belief that I would be married until I was no longer here on this earth in human form. Uh, However, you know, both in my reading of the history of how marriage even came to be, um, it was very politically and um, it was very politically motivated, right? It was very um, motivated by increasing um, possession, increasing material wealth. That's how the institution of marriage first came into existence. So it was Uh, the result of a power structure. So um, I I, I don't know if I have my own conclusions about that, but to me that's an important fact, Mm -hmm. especially in contrast with what I just said, which is in relationship is where we have this mirror that is held up so closely to ourselves. I believe that it is certainly possible in relationship when both partners are aligned first to their own personal growth and development. And from that space of honoring and attending to self first, I believe the potential for 
decades, for a lifetime, for one lifetime, this human lifetime of being together in relationship is possible, very definitely, because if both parties are committed to a continual state of improvement, and that was another item on my list, actually, committed to a continual process of self-improvement, then I feel that the expansiveness of the individual, therefore the expansiveness of the relationship has infinite possibilities so that there is always a level of satisfaction to be found in relationship. So you can tell I'm of the inquiry about that question. I love the question. So thank you for it. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And it's something, I don't know if there's an answer to it or a one size fits all answer because, you know, by the same token, when you enter a marriage, a contract that is supposed to last forever, you know, there's this question of do you honor the contract or when you start to feel that it's not fulfilling yourself and you, you've you done the work and it just isn't working out, you know, like it, at what point do you just have to stand up for yourself and your needs and move on to a different place or do you do you stay in and honor the contract you know that's I think something a lot of people struggle with Mm -hmm. therein lies the rub as Shakespeare would say and and it's true it is the uh yeah it's the inquiry and I agree with you I don't think there's one answer and it's hard you know marriage is hard it's hard work that honeymoon state doesn't last forever it never can Mm -hmm. or you know it does it's not it just doesn't so Mm -hmm. it's it's um you know, there there has to be a certain level of commitment and showing up when it's not easy. But then there's a certain point where it's really not fun, you know. <laughs> completely, completely agree. And I, I um, you used the, the phrase just now. There's a certain amount of commitment to showing up even when it's not easy. And for me and where I am in my life right now, like that is my commitment. Because when it's not easy... What I have learned, and I'm grateful for this learning, when it's not easy, my first step is to be in the inquiry of self. Why does Mm. this not feel easy right now? What is it? What is my story that's going on in my mind about what's happening? And just allowing without judgment of myself and without judgment of Craig to be in the inquiry. And what I have found through that commitment and dedication, that the um, difficulties, the conflicts, um, the discomfort that happens inside a marriage is less and less and less. The space of ease and grace in between those um, disruptions is greater So for me, I revel in being married because of that truth, I believe, of seeing myself so closely in the mirror that's held up to me. So knowing that when there's something going on in your relationship that doesn't feel good to you, our tendency and certainly what we see in you know, movies and drama going on out in the world is to point the finger outward, right? 
you this, you didn't do, or you did do. Learning to point the finger inward, and again, not in judgment, but with inquiry, and start asking questions. And I answer those questions in my journal, a critical part of my own um, self-inquiry. Oh, that's fascinating. And that's a great piece of wisdom. Thank you for sharing that. And I just want to ask you, have, so your list method, um, is this something that somehow couples in a relationship can use or is it really, is that really not the intention you mm. know, to use to maybe start a dialogue or start, um, you know, again, not to blame or to change anyone, but just to explore. I highly recommend it. And in fact, Interestingly enough, my son, who is 26 and has been in a relationship for a few years, he and his girlfriend last year, inspired by uh, my book as I was in the process of creating it and launching it, they each independently wrote a list of 100 characteristics. And then they planned a you know beautiful evening to sit together and to share their heart's desires and to be in conversation around that, which I thought was wise and courageous of both of them. And they actually um, arrived at a greater understanding of some key differences in some categories that, um, that many of us hold the belief that these categories, like children, like religion, are deal breakers. And they are still in relationship and are continuing the process of learning more about each other in the context of their own desires. So I appreciate both of them and their maturity around this process. So to answer your question unequivocally, yes, I think people in relationship uh, can so benefit from the openness and I have wondered sometimes when I might choose to write a new list, not throw the other one out and start with a blank piece of paper. But if, if I truly believe in one of the items on my list, which is living in a state of continual self-improvement, then might my priorities shift? Might my heart's desires broaden or expand or become as I'm becoming? Well, I think the answer is yes. Mm, That's beautiful. I love your message of introspection and of curiosity and non-judgment and the openness of conversation. I think that so many relationships, whether it's, um, like in a marriage or partnership situation, or even just family members, you know, could, could just benefit so much from that approach. So I, I really want to thank you for sharing that. And I know that there's a lot more details in your book. I'm going to put, you know, links to your book on my show notes page. But I'm just wondering if you could perhaps leave us with um, some concluding thoughts, like just a little bit more of this gold and wisdom that you have to share. Um, Thank you. And I would love to. So for those listening who um, are intrigued and maybe even inspired 
to get clear on your heart's desires by writing a list of 100 characteristics that you desire in a partner. In my book, I have um, taken each item from my love list, as I referred to it, and each of those items is a word or a phrase, so they're brief. But in my book, I took them one by one, and I sort of, I think of it as took you behind the curtains. And I write why it is that that item even made my list of 100. What were my life's experiences that um, that gave me the clarity for that item on my list? And then for each one of the 100 items, I offer the reader a question of inquiry. So I recommend that my book is read with a journal in hand to be in the inquiry. Maybe the items on my own list will resonate and readers will go, oh, I want that one on my list, or maybe not. But being in the inquiry of the topic that is represented by each item is how I invite readers to experience Hear Me Universe. And the final thing I would add, Ellen, is while I applied this process of being in the inquiry and listening to my own heart's desire to relationship, it is absolutely a process of creation. So for any listeners who are experiencing something less than they desire in their life, maybe it's in a career, maybe it's in their experience as a parent, whatever that is, Accept that feedback, right? That discomfort. Accept that as an invitation to gain clarity on what it is you want to shift. And watch the magic that will unfold in life. I'm confident of it because I've seen it in my life. It's not reserved for me. It's available to every one of us because we all have that human capacity to create our experience. Mm, infinite possibilities. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Anella. This was really great. Um, so much good information and suggestions. I, I appreciate you being here. And uh, thank you all for listening to today's show. My guest was Anella Wetter. She's the author of Hear Me Universe, How I Deliberately Attracted the Man of My Dreams. And you can find this complete interview, links to Anella's book and her website on our website, readysetgrit.com. Thanks again for joining us and check in again next Friday when we release another episode with tips on how to turn your daydream into a phenomenal success. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our ebooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit. Inspired actions, real results.